Hi there. Welcome to the Latchkey Sibs, the podcast that challenges three siblings to take a look at our childhood movie cabinet and one film at a time, criticize or defend the viewing choices we made as kids. I'm your host, and I've had a hard day, Graybaker. <laughs> I'm Holland, and I'm the oldest. I'm Allegra, and I've chosen the wrong position to sit <laughs> for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> They are each sitting on Holland's bed, and Allegra looks, I mean, comfortable for not recording a podcast. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm slouchy. We've had to relocate because, as I'm sure if you listened to the last episode, you know, we had to escape my gurgling sink. So, and I've also had to, es- so we have been fleeing from my noisy desktop computer that, like, is a heavy breather and now we're running from the gurgling sink so now we're just in my room on my laptop we're gonna see how this works <laughs> so what we do each week is one of us has to present a movie to be critiqued while the other two score it based on five specific categories each week's score will be added up and at the end of each season the sibling with the most points will be labeled master of the remote control while the loser will be forced to do some sort of punishment this week is the second of our spooky sibs Ooh. Halloween draft. Um, last week, as you guys all know, was Shaun of the Dead, who was defended by Homeland. And Homeland this, <laughs> And this week, we have Allegra, the birthday month gal, doing Beetlejuice by the yeah. skin of her teeth. Yeah. <laughs> Through um, a technicality. <laughs> <laughs> Through the sheer fact that Phantom of the Megaplex is a hot, flaming piece of shit of a movie. <laughs> and Holland does not swear lightly. <laughs> um, as I said in the disclaimer last episode, it was so bad. It was, like, boring bad that, like, I truly don't think we would have been able to talk about it in an entertaining way other than, like, this movie was nothing. The first, like, half an hour are, like, children figuring out the logistics of working on a movie theater, like, when a premiere is going to happen that night. It is so boring. Yeah, I don't remember watching that much as a kid. I wonder why now. Like, it wasn't our, it, like, we watched Halloween Town. We watched, uh, my mom had a date with a vampire. I should have just chosen that one. Yeah. I should have just put that one. For some reason, I thought Phantom of the Megaplex was going to be some, like, inside baseball thing. And I also Deep cut. It, it came out in November. And it definitely wasn't a Halloween movie. It was not, the movie didn't take place around Halloween at all. It was just about, like, a scary movie premiere and then, like, Someone dressed up like a phantom was, like, wrecking havoc on a movie theater. It was really bad. It was more Phantom of the Opera than Phantom, like, Spooky Ghost. Yeah, it was, yeah. This is, 
Beetlejuice is much more in line with Spooky Month. And I'm honestly, after experiencing the hell that was <laughs> the first hour of Phantom of the Megaplex, I was so delighted to watch this movie. <laughs> hell yeah. I was like, oh, it finally, it's like, it feels like Halloween because like Shaun of the Dead is a really good movie, but I never really associate it with Halloween. It's just kind of like a good yeah. like horror flick. But like Beetlejuice, it like feels like proper spooky season. Hell yeah! You know? Yeah, absolutely. It's gonna work. So out to get into me. it, <laughs> yeah, Allegra, you were hurting. You are hurting for points, yeah. and this is the bone we threw you. Um, we could have just oh, gone with Haunted barely. Mansion. Yeah. We could have gone with Haunted Mansion because that was your first roll. You know, that was your first spin around the wheel. But I think Holland and I also just probably really didn't, didn't want to watch, watch Haunted Mansion. <laughs> also, so, at the end of the last episode, we she did like ask us to spin it for a third time just to see what it was. And it was Beetlejuice. And I said on the last episode, disclaimer, like, I have eliminated Phantom of the Megaplex from even being on the list. Like, like that's not, it's not on the wheel. Gray, you can't spin for it because it's just eliminated. Like, in hindsight, it doesn't belong. So between the two spins of legitimate movies that happened in the last episode, Beetlejuice was technically one of them. So what right. do I have to I mean, do to get Hollywood to is rationalize one, this? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that is one web to weave for yourself to justify it. But it's fine. Because we it. watched it, I'll take it, and it fits perfectly for the season. The and it's it's such a good movie. I love it so much. Yeah. Do we need to jump into scores? Did we explain well, what we let, do? Let them do the summary. I've been trying, oh, okay. but there's been a lot of interruptions to do the summary. Adam and Barbara are a normal couple, dot, 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 who happen to be dead. <laughs> They have given their precious time to decorate their house and make it their own, but unfortunately, a family is moving in, and not quietly. Adam and Barbara try to scare them out, but end up becoming the main attraction to the money-making family. They call upon Beetlejuice to help, but Beetlejuice has more in mind than just helping. Another beautifully terrible <laughs> summary from... IMDb. IMDb. I almost did just take the like one sentence summary that Peacock gave me, but I'm like, no. I mean, I feel like it's now a running <laughs> gag to try to find the, the worst, worst summary. Stu- summaries. Mm-hmm. So credit to Ahmet Kozan, who submitted that to IMDb. Thank you, Thank you for being the, as corny as hell. Hey, Greg. Um, hey. Did- you watched on Peacock. Did were there commercials? Yes. Oh god. God damn it. There were literally commercials like every time a scene ended, sometimes even mid-scene. I think just <laughs> the the like AI or whatever like programs the commercials just tries to sense like when a setting has changed on the screen. Oh, oh no. no. So even if it's just going it's like the same scene but they just like change the shot from like one room to another. Like if, like, you know, Adam and Barbara were like watching them, it would just be like commercial. And then it's just fucking uh, Kate McKinnon with the most annoying Verizon commercials. 
like every 10 goddamn minutes. Um, yeah, it was, God, it really so ruined sorry. my watching experience and not because the movie, but because I wanted to keep watching the movie. So yeah, that. Is this yeah, going to your scores? No, 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 no. Um, Sit through ability. Well, I kept getting interrupted by fucking Kate McKinnon. Fucking <laughs> enemy of the pod, Kate McKinnon. No, 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 no. She can come on whenever she wants. Um, she release like date, March 30th. Release date, March 30th, 1988. So even in its time, maybe not a Halloween movie, but like, come on, you know? Come on. March 30th. Um, that's like not like a primetime release month. Right? Like No, I mean it, I mean, it was not like February, but it's not summertime yeah. yet. It's, it's like not the May. We, it's like the in-between times of award season and summer blockbusters. So I like I'm wondering if they didn't have that much confidence in it. Well, when yeah, did they do Pee-wee's? Uh, 1985. Oh. And that was know. that was Tim Burton's first movie was Pee Wee's. Yeah, that's true. So like he had proven that he could make a movie and make money, but maybe like Tim Burton was still like a new name. Yeah, I think definitely this was still one of his first, I believe. Yeah. So we were all zero. We did not see it in theaters. <laughs> I was negative four. <laughs> oh, we want to talk about how we watched it though, right? We've talked about the Betamax. But I feel like oh, we yeah. watched it on like TV more than that. Like yeah. I don't think I don't really remember whipping out the Betamax that often. No, Dad, I think <laughs> probably thought that was a pain. He had to go <laughs> dig it up from the garage. Like we had a we probably rented it and yeah, we we had a lost Pee Wee's uh, Big Adventure episode where we we dug into this more. But for some reason, our dad had a Betamax, only had two movies, and they were both Tim Burton movies for some reason. I mean, I think he had more than that. I think those were just the only two movies that interested us. <laughs> But yeah, Beetlejuice. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> but Beetlejuice has always been there for us. Yes. It's always been a staple in our in our lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you guys sound like you watched it more than me. Um, I watched this. Movie I definitely watched time. it. I definitely have watched it multiple times, but I would say maybe twice to three times ever. Mm. Um, and I was always really young. I have not seen this movie in a very long time. But, you know, it's, like, pretty ingrained into pop culture. You know, the suit, the day. You know, we don't get too far into it. But, um, so, like, you know, nostalgia was still pretty high for me, even though, like, there was a lot about this movie, mainly the entire, like, plot that I didn't <laughs> remember. Didn't remember. Um, yeah. So, did our parents have thoughts on it? Oh, I did not reach out. Um, I'm sure they do, though. If they do, I'll put it right here. I love Beetlejuice. I've seen it many, many, many times. I actually think about that being more my generation movie than yours. Wasn't it from the 80s? Um, I'm not sure. But young Catherine O'Hara, who is unbelievable, and um, a very young and still um, not known as crazy Alec Baldwin playing an innocent, which is a switch. And Winona, was that Winona's first big star gig? Was that, I mean, she had to have been a 
teenager. Anyway, such a fabulous movie. I think maybe mildly inappropriate for children, wasn't it? Um, but I remember everything about it. What do you want to know? I also texted our father and all he had to say was, loved it. It was a different comedy slash horror movie. Thanks, Dad. But like, if I'm going to assume dad will be like, yeah, I really like that movie. And mom would probably be like, yeah, Michael Keaton, Alec Baldwin. Like she just <laughs> named everyone who was in Gina it. Alec Davis. Baldwin was so yummy. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I One of my first notes is, um, oh, God, what did I say? Oh, yeah. I hate how good Alec Baldwin looks in this movie. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, he God, looks great. Girl. I my yeah. my very first my very first note was that he, I said he's such a hunk. So <laughs> God, the, he is. Um, the proto Moira yeah. that is Catherine O'Hara in this Catherine movie. O'Hara I know. So, hey, okay, we're getting but we're getting ahead of ourselves. Put Let's a pin in that because I do have notes on Catherine O'Hara. <laughs> so pre-watch notes, Holland, take it away. All right. I mean, I feel like, again, like this, I definitely watched this a lot. So I think it was like in every couple of years I would watch this. If it was ever on TV, I'd like keep it on. So I think I've, I feel like I've seen like the end of this movie a lot. Um, but my pre-watch notes are Winona Ryder as Lydia is iconic. Miniature town thing in Attic. Beetlejuice appears there for some reason. Ghost Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis haunting the house. Do they have unfinished business or is it just their afterlife now? Hell HR, Deo scene iconic, love Catherine O'Hara, obviously. <laughs> I'm just re I'm rereading my pre-watch notes and like, boy, did I get so many things wrong. <laughs> Take it away. So I said Alec Baldwin and the mom from Step Brothers die. I always oh, mix her up with no. Gina Davis, not the no. same person. So Alec Baldwin and the mom from Step Brothers die. Winona Ryder and parents buy house. Beetlejuice is just there. <laughs> Winona can see them, but no one else can. The shrinking head guy. They make their head scary in like a doctor's office or something. <laughs> Beetlejuice comes out of the ground, and I feel like that really creeped me out. Um, the Deo scene. And like a scale model of like the ghoul town, or maybe it was the real town or something. I don't remember. So that was my memory. Fairly close. I feel like that's like the perfect way. Like Gray was very young when he saw this. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Um, It's funny because like I watched this movie so goddamn much, but I don't think I really registered or understood the plot. (laughs) Like this movie happened at me a lot. Yeah. But I was like, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. I love this movie so much. I wanted to be Winona Ryder. I thought it was so cool and scary. Alec Baldwin, Gina Davis. First of all, miraculous that I remember Gina Davis was in this movie. <laughs> they die, end up uh, haunting their sweet little home. Then Scarlett O'Hara. Hera, Scarlett. Scar- that's how <laughs> That's how my phone Scarlett O'Hara. <laughs> yeah, the, um, I'm gone with the wind. <laughs> I only ever do my pre-watch notes as uh, voice memos, like voice to text. So I think my iPhone corrected 
her name. Are you sure? I don't think Catherine sounds like Scarlett. You I, probably just said Scarlett O'Hare. I might have. I may not have been completely <laughs> so, uh, sober. But I did get the dad wrong. I thought I was like Spooner McGavin maybe was the dad. But no, it's that. Spooner. Shooter McGavin. Shooter. Shooter. But it was the. Uh, maybe I just, Shooter McGavin is was, in the American Crime uh, Story impeachment. Mm. No, it I was think Ed just, Rooney. Yeah, I, he isn't he like a creep? Didn't he get me too? I think he's a pedophile. Yeah, that's not good. I didn't like the him near Winona Ryder. From uh, Ferris Bueller. Pee wee, pee wee from Pee wee Herman's Day Off. Wait, what? No, no. <laughs> I didn't. No, I just accidentally said Pee wee instead of Ferris Bueller. Oh, <laughs> he wasn't the the. He was the principal. Yeah, he was the vice. Oh, he was, was the vice, vice principal. principal. For some reason, my brain went to uh, Breakfast Club, but yes, he was in in uh, Ferris Bueller. Okay, so sorry, super sidetracked. Um, Winona Ryder. They all move in. Um, there's a skeleton Winona Ryder. She was somehow able to communicate with the ghosts. Um, Oh god, this is nonsense gobbledygook. They hire Beetlejuice to scare the humans out of their uh, house, but he's a rapscallion. They do the Harry Belafonte song and dance. When Rider wants to kill herself so she can be with the ghost, and because she likes her dead parents more than her real parents. Um, Beetlejuice. I forgot about that part. Beetlejuice tries to marry Winona, and then there's a claim. There's claymation snakes. Um, they beat Beetlejuice somehow, and then Winona Ryder gets ra- raised by the dead parents and gets to dance with dead football players. Wow, you remembered a lot. Okay. Um, I I remember just flashes of images. Like the entire movie, I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, let's get into our pre-watch scores. Um, I will take it away, and I had an 8 for Nostalgia Factor. I had a 10. Yeah. I had an 8 for Sit-Through Ability. I had a 10. I was... It, I was it. I was there the whole time, man. Great commercial. I was. So that's true. I was. I was just kind of bored before Beetlejuice came in. Oh really? Well, I just I started know. to. I started to get. There was a lull. There was a lull. I there's wiggle room. Um, appropriate for children. I put six. I was. Mm, I was seven. Okay. Uh, does it hold up? I have a nine. I have an eight. And can I follow? I have a 10. Same. Hell yeah. I needed this. (laughs) (laughs) Allegra might finally break 80 with one of her movies. (laughs) (laughs) At last. All right. So let's get into it. So let's get into it. I want to get us started with something uh, obscura. I didn't really think about Gina Davis being like a a Tim Burton ingenue, but then I saw how fucking huge her eyes were, and I'm like, ah, yeah, she is Tim Burton's type. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I had a note about Tim Burton, and it was Tim Burton directed this movie, and he took a look at Alec Baldwin, and he took a look at Michael Keaton, and he thought... Who would make a better Batman? <laughs> Alec Baldwin at this time looks like Bruce Wayne. And he's already and he goes, got the husky voice. Exactly. And he's like, mm, Keaton. Not to say Keaton didn't A, knock it out of the park in this movie, and Killed B, it. knock it out of the park in Batman. But I'm just saying, in terms of a whole like 
image and like kind of like Bruce Wayne and Batman aren't really like goofballs. And again, neither was Michael Keaton's Batman, but Baldwin, I just feel like it was like, come on, all right, whatever, I guess. Well, here's an important question, Gray. Between Keaton and Baldwin, who looks more like Tim Burton? Like, if you're going to make a self-insert character, he's like, well, <laughs> I've always wanted to be Batman. No way I'm going to give it to Hunkatronic Baldwin over here, who has a poofy curly head. Hell yeah. I guess, I guess that's how he judged it. I'm just saying. It's just like, because this, this was the movie. This came out in 88, and that Batman came out in 89. Keaton so that was his next movie. Keaton ate this shit up. He yeah. oh my God. destroyed he really this movie. Looked at, looked at the trivia. 90% of his lines were improv. Not surprised. Wow. Yeah. He, dude, in every single line that he spit out was fucking hilarious. Amazing. Other than all of the sexual assault yes. harassment okay. stuff. So Let's get I will it. say, I will say, I, so while that did take away my does it hold up score and kind of my appropriate for children's score, Same. I also didn't take it down too much because he's supposed to be the bad guy. Exactly. Yeah, I it, understand. It was a character It still made choice, me very uncomfortable. But like the movie makes it clear that- Intentionally. It, this is a specific choice to show that he's a creep. He is never rewarded for this behavior. It's integral to the plot that he's a gross sexual creep. Yeah. Because Gina Davis is like, I do not want this guy around the little girl. And what happens when he's around the little girl? He tries to marry the creep. child. Yeah. And it's it's very important uh, motivation for other characters. Like, he has to be a disgusting, nasty pervert, man. And it is 1988. Like, the, the taking a, a stick and, like, lifting up the skirt. I'm like, thank God we did not see any. Like, he didn't subject gina davis to actually getting like an upskirt shot in the movie i think that in terms of like me being a child and watching this movie i don't think i learned bad lessons <laughs> i think it was like beetlejuice is a bad person he should not do that yes however <laughs> he was so fucking funny so many of the lines made me laugh out loud like just one like his well, graduated from Juilliard, went to yes. Harvard Law, like yeah. survived the Black Plague, and blah, blah, you know, like, and he's that like, was had a really so great good. time, and has seen The Exorcist 167 times, and it gets funnier every time I watch it. That entire yeah. line, and then he's like, no, no, and no, then when he goes, oh wait, sorry, go, 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 and go. Alec Baldwin, Alec Baldwin, like completely is like, but what are you? Are you scary? And he goes, oh, of course. <laughs> He goes, of course, know, that, and then he goes, so he funny. even gives the, like, he turns around and just gives the jerk-off motion, like, this <laughs> yeah, fucking guy. Yeah. Oh, I'm, of course, of course. He's like, oh, goes, am I scary? And then it's just like, his head is turned, his head is facing them, but it's not facing the camera, and you just see, like, monstrosities, like, coming out of his face, like, <laughs> yeah. from behind. Like, it's like a split second, and it's like, bah! and it's like, oh, yeah, I'm fucking scared scary man he's just so quick everything yeah. is instantaneous yeah. everything and is then in when he, character his whole head is spinning just like and he stops he's like mm, don't you hate when that happens yeah. like, it was so funny I oh god he killed it every single line of his impeccable. was perfect okay i love yes. when the caseworker makes the little miniature um whorehouse whorehouse oh yeah and then <laughs> 
goes to Alec Baldwin and goes, why did you build that? <laughs> like, I did it. Yeah. <laughs> I love how it says it was the Inferno Room. It was Dante's Inferno Room. <laughs> yeah, Dante's, but it's just like Inferno Room, air conditioned. <laughs> like, little side. I loved this universe as a kid. Like, I wanted to learn more about the afterlife place. I, okay, so the afterlife, like, HR, like, DMV yes. setting, I thought was so brilliant. And I love how, like, even in the afterlife, the fucking instruction manual is so boring <laughs> that people still just don't want to read it. And, and it's yeah, so Yeah, they like, literally tedious. have nothing else to do, but yeah. <laughs> There's nothing else to do but understand it, and they and, don't want to fucking do it. Yeah, and just the entire process of, like, getting information is just so tedious. Like, the take a number situation, like, oh, number 54 million, da 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 Like, just waiting in, like, that waiting room for all of eternity to try to be like, hey, so what's going on? Like, I have to <laughs> say, out of everything we've watched so far... Uh, Adam and Barbara are the most relatable fucking characters we've had so far because they're like we don't like give a shit about anyone in this town we just want to make our dope ass house leave (laughs) me alone my vacation is staying home and then as soon as they're dead there's like this boring manual and it's like I don't want to I want to sleep (laughs) and he's like it reads like a stereo manual yeah (laughs) I love uh, the uh Speaking of the home, the horses on the mantle, like I, I, I understand. Like, Davis horse girl confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> like I understand that when like Catherine O'Hara comes in, she has terrible ideas, but the place looked so ugly anyway. Like they were both just two different kinds of ugly houses, and that yeah. horses on the mantle. I'm like, you have like 16 plastic horses. <laughs> In your, like, center, like, socializing space. Like, where you host people is okay, just clearly, fucking... <laughs> clearly y'all are not on horse-collecting TikTok because, like, people have entire fucking rooms. Clearly. <laughs> yeah, I am, clearly. Not, I am not on horse-collecting TikTok. I've never been what is you, horse What does your space? algorithm look like, Allegra? It's not good. It's, I hate my... Every single time... These fucking social media apps try to make my algorithm customized to me. It turns into boring bullshit. And it's like, yeah, I like my boring bullshit, but not all the time. But you were never even really a horse girl. No, but there was like, uh, I think I would got stuck in this I feel like you definitely do have like horse girl adjacent energy sometimes. That's true. Out of all three of us, you are the one most likely to be a horse girl. I'll take that as a compliment. um, So I don't like punch you in the face right now. But like my best friend in all of elementary school, kindergarten Uh, through fifth grade was a horse girl. Oh, I know. Yeah. So again, like horse girl adjacent. Yes. I do. We were friends with horse girls. I consider myself a horse girl ally. Yes. There you go. That's a t-shirt. <laughs> Horse girl ally. <laughs> yeah. Um, Gina Davis' dress was also pretty ugly. Gina oh, Davis' dress 80s. was also... It was very yeah, 80s, it was like so Ashley. Love those pockets, though. If I had pockets right there, you'd catch me with the hand of the pockets the whole time, just like Gina Davis was in this movie. And Alec Baldwin's just like black and white flannel. Yeah. Uh, Alec Baldwin deserved to die. Um, I have a little theory here. Have a little theory here. 
They go into town. No, because he didn't want to talk to that sweet old man. Oh, mm. he was cursed for his rudeness. Yes. The old man sent he the dog. He was rude and, sh- and curt. And he was like, all right, yeah, see you later or whatever. And then like gets in the car and the guy's just like, you know, like, oh, 1990. And he just looks over and he left. And so then I think the dog came. And also it was totally his fault because he goes, look out and reaches across and just bangs the wheel hard left. Like, just just tilt it a little bit or like, you know, trust that when you say watch out that your wife has got it. But no, he just rams them into the bridge. And then, you know, the dog just did what any dog would do and just wander off aimlessly. And it killed him. So Alec Baldwin's fault. I, my theory is Alec Baldwin also doesn't know how to drive. Because, like, your fucking store is a five-minute drive away and Gina Davis must drive you. Like, Gina Davis didn't need to die. <laughs> like, why did you make her drive you to your store? Maybe he has a DUI. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> maybe, he's a, maybe he was a raging alcoholic and recovering by getting really into model towns. And he that's the only way the two week vacation was actually more of like a, a detox and it was all court mandated. This and isn't real Alec Baldwin, right? <laughs> <laughs> or maybe You don't know. Or maybe they're also from New York and he just never learned how to drive. That's true. It is Connecticut. Um also the town is very like i think it's very um what was like the setting is very well established Mm -hmm. especially considering how we spend most of the movie inside the house but i feel like we only spend like two minutes outside of the house or i I guess in the netherworld right but i feel like like that small town it's just i it just feels very real Mm -hmm. like i feel like it was it was very much like the towns upstate New York we went to, uh, like for my friend's wedding. Mm-hmm. It's very like that small town vibe. And I think even through like the model town, you definitely like, it feels like a real place. How much of a cunt was that fucking realtor though? She's just trying oh to sell God. their house out from under them for no reason. I guess because she just wanted the commission, even though they didn't want to move. But she's like, this house is so is too big for you barren couple. Like, <laughs> Jesus, lady. <laughs> like, a, a big family really should. Uh, and, uh, like, the entire point of this movie is that all Gina Davis wanted to do was decorate this house. And when she sells it, she's like, you know, I decorated every inch of this house. And I'm like, oh, should we blame you for the horses? <laughs> I was going to say, do we think the horses belong to Gina Davis or Jane, the lady, the realtor lady who also decorated the house? Who, like, has no fucking personal boundaries. Yeah, honestly. Oh, okay. So I also have a note. I'm convinced that Janice from Mean Girls was just, like, ripping off Lydia from Beetlejuice. With that stringy black hair. Just like her fashion sets, just like the 2004 version. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh my God. Oh my God. It took me a second to remember which one Janice was. (laughs) But yes. Um, The. I didn't write this down, but when when, uh, Winona Ryder is, like, um, confronting Adam and Barbara as ghosts, they're like, oh, how can you see us? And she's like, well, I read that manual, and it said that, like, humans don't usually notice the unusual. And she's like, but strange and unusual. But I'm strange and unusual. I'm strange. Yeah, she was was such a, like, moody emo teen. 
But she played it perfectly. I'm weird. I know. I'm a weirdo. I'm a weirdo. <laughs> I'm not like you. I wear this stupid hat. <laughs> My whole world is a dark room. Yeah. I was like, uh, I, I did write Winona Ryder's a vibe. Kind of an annoying one, but still a vibe. <laughs> My mean, whole life is a dark room. I, I wanted to be her so badly. I wanted to be that level of goth. I, like, if I... <laughs> If I were allowed <laughs> to be, to dress like that, I wouldn't have worn uh, cargo shorts, baggy sweatshirts, and a tight militant ponytail. I would have been Winona Ryder in Beetlejuice. Which is like the black veil. Oh, I love that fishnet veil when she's like writing her suicide note and she's like, I am alone. Scraps it. I am utterly alone. <laughs> I have jumped. Nope plummeted to my death <laughs> like she's so dramatic and, and i like, love it so much because as a kid i'm like gina davis and um alec baldwin are like adults who are cool but like uh, but like nice but winona Ryder is this really cool older teen <laughs> but now that i'm uh an adult i'm like this fucking child <laughs> i'm pretty sure she was like 16 or 17 oh. while filming this movie she was 17 when it came out for sure she was um, great yeah, she did an amazing job. Also, her wedding, her red wedding dress was also kind of a serve. I loved it. <laughs> Slade. Slade. Slade the house boots down, We mama. should make that TikTok of all of the Winona's outfits. <laughs> Minute Slay. Minute Slay. Oh, yeah, we should do that. <laughs> and Catherine O'Hara. Yeah. Oh, my oh, gosh. The, oh, like, Can we oh. talk about her for a l- Just we have to give her yes. some time. I love Catherine O'Hara so much. Just her the introduction of them walking into the house and then her husband saying like, oh, my God, look at this kitchen. You're finally going to be able to cook a decent meal. And then she just yeah. has like the extremely pointed glare. <laughs> like it's like and she has arrived. Oh, my God. I <laughs> love she, she takes like a whole raw potato on, like skin on and starts grating it. I'm cooking a dinner for nine people tonight. (laughs) It's like, oh God, order out. This is my art, and it is dangerous. (laughs) (laughs) Her headband, which is just two leather gloves. Yes. Yes. Oh my God, the leather gloves. I also I read, but I didn't notice that any time Ed Rooney would wear an outfit, in like the next scene, she would be wearing a piece of his outfit, but differently. Like, he wore oh a red gosh. sweater in a scene, and then the next scene, she was wearing his red sweater as pants. Yes, yes, that was the kitchen scene. Oh, man. Oh, my God, that's amazing. I didn't even notice that. I it, It's like, so Ed Rooney is ginger. Catherine O'Hara's character is ginger. I'm like, Winona Ryder is a ginger, and she dyes her hair black. Well, like, but, but Catherine O'Hara is her stepmom, which I don't no, think it's I... Not. Yes, she says it. Yeah, it is. She says oh, it's her stepmom. Okay. I never realized that until this first... I Until this watch. My pre-watch notes actually had her as the stepmom, and I thought I was wrong watching the movie. No, because I think, like, one of the ghosts say to her, like, oh, your mom, and she's like, stepmom. So this is the second yeah, movie did. in a row where we've had, like, a child be like, that's not my real parent. It's a step-parent. But, I mean, this one... Maybe that's a really like, spooky theme that carries through i guess so. halloween awesome. really brings out the uh the broken the family turmoil <laughs> no matter it's we spooky it so <laughs> we could relate to these movies on many levels <laughs> <laughs> this is also the second movie in a row where there's a character named barbara and a reference to the night of the living dead oh, oh. 
Nice. This is our second movie with Winona Ryder, just not con- concurrently. <laughs> for the mystery no movie. Shoegate. Oh, yeah. I have to admit. No Shoegate. No, we haven't had any Shoegates in the spooky month yet. But very fashion for this one. Yeah, that's true. Like yeah. Tim Burton, as much as I don't agree with his love of suburbia, I do... I just do love his extremely uh, creative, like aesthetics. Um, I I definitely think Beetlejuice was more my style than Edward Scissorhands. I liked the full goth. I like even Captain O'Hara's ugly ass house and the <laughs> ugly ass statues. Still just extremely fun. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. The Always fun. I loved the the Oh, those worms. I remembered I remembered those worms being way scarier. Oh, <laughs> the sandworm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, this is another thing that gets dinged in my does it hold up category. It just like it it can't be helped that the animation is just really bad. <laughs> it's so But bad. I mean, it's very Tim Burton. It also like super reminded me of like Pee-wee's Playhouse animation stuff, like because obviously. But I mean, I'm sure like it's a little column A, col- a little column B that where it's like it's the sign of the times, but also slightly intentional in the art it, style. Yeah, he did try. It was in the trivia that he did try and make some of the effects as intentionally like B movie grade as possible. I don't know why, but he did make that a you know a in- intentional you know, set design. But I think that makes it, I think it's just very much his style. I think it actually yeah. gives me, I mean, I'm not scoring this movie, but maybe points towards the appropriate for children because the older these this movie becomes and the older the effects become, the, the quote-unquote scary animation becomes a lot more innocent. It's a lot more yeah. Nightmare Before Christmas. That's true. Like the, sa- the sandworms used to scare the shit out of me. When when they fuck up their faces, it's still kind of creepy animation. It used to scare me a lot as a kid. Yes. Yeah, yeah. The but Beetlejuice then- snake was also really scary as a yeah. kid. And then this yeah. time around, I was just... The whole time... I mean, I also did watch it at 3 p.m. <laughs> so maybe that kind of gave way to one thing or another but, but I, mean, if I was you saw that snake really in real life that'd be fucking creepy as hell yeah. yeah okay what the fuck even is otho what is his purpose what is <laughs> why is he there for so long he's just like the, captain o'hara's gay friend i don't know well, like <laughs> i mean he he's in like a, a weird relationship with that woman he brings to dinner where he's like shitting on her um, it, it made Did it he make a joke about her committing suicide or attempting suicide? I was yeah. kind of... I didn't read them as being in a relationship at all. Because she even made like a pointed like paranormal, is that what they call your kind now type of right. jab. Yeah. I just thought oh, they were like... I didn't notice that either. Friends who also hated each other. Yeah. That's it, what I... I that's he's, how he's, I interpreted he's, he's that relationship. We can definitely label him as a, a coded coded queer. yeah definitely queer coded so it, it, and he was like the he i think he, it was implied that he was helping like redesign the house so he was probably yeah there but a lot then the house was done and he no, was still there but they had him over for dinner and he's captain o'hara's only friend they're in a yeah. independent best friend relationship yeah totally absolutely we all know those new york uh straight woman gay best friend but they cannot like Everyone fucking cannot stand them, <laughs> the, but they only understand each other. Yeah, they feed each other's egos 
a hundred percent. Oh yeah, the the fact that she steps one foot outside New York and he is there means there's no one else in the city that he can talk to. Exactly, and I think they like they again, yeah, they're the only ones that the other people can stand, I guess. Or I don't know what I'm trying to say. But they're, they're just in that codependent friendship. Like she's clearly not getting what she needs from her. I husband. think they each make each other feel as important as they think they exactly. are. That's what it is. Because it's like he like totally like is like, oh, my God, you're an artist. Like we are both artists. We understand each other. And it's like they both make each other feel like they're important. Yeah. They both um, sniff each other's farts. Yes, exactly. Which, honestly, what more could you want out of a best friend, Listen, right? I'm happy for them. <laughs> to be honest, like, I can't stand them. I just I came in back in at the weirdest <laughs> sentence. <laughs> I came back in and they snip each other's farts. And what could you want more in a best friend? <laughs> Listen, my friends uh, need to sniff my farts sometimes, you know? I, sometimes I need the ego boost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> okay. They really got attached to Lydia, but they had like two scenes together. It's because they're barren, Gray. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's canon. Remember? She's, then they're like, you know, this this house really should be meant for a bigger family. And she's like, I never, well, I never took it as that they were barren because they even said, you know, she like she was like, can you believe what Jane said to me? She says that that house, you know, needs a family. And then Alec Baldwin even said like, oh, maybe we should try on this vacation and like leans over and gives her a kiss. He said try again, as in they've tried before and they failed. I don't know, but they're so young that it's like, it's maybe just like they're, pro- I don't know how newly married they are, but like they still fit in their wedding clothes. Like can't have been that long ago. Like. I mean, yeah, I was I was taking it more as that they were just like young, fun couple, dink, you know, double income, no kids, just chilling. Well, I mean, I think it's maybe it's more like yeah, they are a young couple, and maybe they'll have kids eventually, but it's not really their priority. They just moved in. Yeah. But then they died before they could have kids. Exactly. So that I think that's why she attached to Lydia, and Lydia is cool. I also think it sweet. might just be for the sheer fact that like she can see them. And they've been dead. Yeah, for a maybe while. they were. Yeah, like, they were so lonely that. Just, like, yeah. Another person to talk. Uh, that to. makes sense. It just seemed like Gina Davis just gen- genuinely had an interest in protecting this like innocent child who did not ask to be moved into their home, who doesn't look like she's having a great time, and like shouldn't be around a demon pervert. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's what's also kind of a bummer. Not what you just said, but. That he is hard, Beetlejuice is hardly in the movie. Yeah. He is in 14 and a half minutes and isn't even on screen until 25 minutes in. But he makes it. And that stinks. He He does. It just just stinks because, like, I want to keep talking about his scenes because every one was so great. Yeah, I did write um, down, it takes 45 minutes for them to actually, like, interact with Beetlejuice. They build him up. like he has Yeah, his, they do build him up. They have a little bit of his, like, mini voiceover and, like, his hilarious commercial in the beginning. Um, like, they, they build him up, and I think the payoff is worth it. And, you know, maybe there was a fear of him overstaying his welcome. Um, I know they, he, they got, like, a spinoff cartoon. 
Oh, I forgot about the cartoon. I remember seeing like scenes where I'm like, oh, like Lydia with her like pointy bangs in that big hat. Like that's her cartoon costume. And of course, the famous black and white striped suit is mm-hmm. his cartoon outfit. Mm-hmm. I did I not know there was a cartoon. I totally forgot. Yeah, they. I definitely remember watching that though. I have I have no real memory of it, so I don't know if his character was just ridiculously. I obnoxious. don't. I don't remember any like, like solid plot lines. I just remember like it existing and watching it. I bet it was hard to recreate the magic. Probably. Of, <laughs> of Beetlejuice in a long form, like thirty minute uh, children's cartoon, but. Uh, he, so yeah, I, I did crave more. I also more into I guess Otho's lore. So <laughs> I guess I kind of thought you know it was like I know as much about paranormal as I do interior design. Yet he was strangely competent at exercising the ghosts. Yeah, he got it. So there. he didn't know how to he didn't know how to land that plane, but yeah, he got yeah it started. he got it started. He he took off a little bit well i mean it would have gone through if beetlejuice didn't come out that's true if like i guess if the intent was to like get rid of them he was doing the right thing but i don't that's not what they wanted no they just, they just yeah, wanted I guess to that's bring true. them down there yeah and yeah then, that's like, true use them as a cash cow <laughs> it's like he skimmed the 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 manual he didn't really read it yeah also, also i'm surprised that Barbara and Adam didn't feel for Ed Rooney's character a bit more because he didn't want any of it, you know? Like, if anything, the only true enemies were Catherine O'Hara and Otho, you know? Because, like, he wanted to keep it as, as I guess, until he wanted to sell the whole town. Yeah. But, But even before that, he wanted to keep it as is. And I was like, yeah, oh, maybe think- he'll get some leniency, but then he got thrown off of a balcony. So I think the main thing was that they knew that the adults were the decision makers and whether they were going to live in their house or not. So they just wanted to scare both of the parents so they would both want to move out. Because also, Catherine O'Hara didn't really want to be there. But the dad was like, I love it here. Like, I can get away and relax and be here. So I think, like, the whole point was to scare them away so they didn't live in their house anymore, and they needed to be able to, like, get both of the parents on board to do that. Yeah, each were an important puzzle of making Adam and Barbara mad. Uh, Ed Rooney wanted to stay, and and Barbara even said, listen, if they didn't want to change the house so much, it would be fine to cohabitate. Yeah. But, like, you can't have Ed Rooney without Catherine O'Hara, so they both got to go. Yeah. Um. At, in the climax, when Beetlejuice says, like, he has to marry somebody to get out of whatever the his arrangement is, do we think that was true? Or do you think he was just saying that to Lydia to, like, to marry her? Well, uh, <laughs> I feel like, A, that was probably the only, like, one of the few things that was actually scripted because it comes out of nowhere and there's no Yeah, doubt. yeah. <laughs> And B, I think a little calm, a little calm B. I bet you there is some, like, clearly he is um, beholden to some rule where he is called three times and then he has yeah. to be summoned. It's like he he is he feels outside of the normal system. Like, the this caseworker is like, oh, he used to be my assistant. He got rambunctious and we had to deal with him. So maybe being tied to a mortal is some weird, like, it's in the manual somewhere. 
Yeah. Uh, and he just saw an opportunity. I would have appreciated yeah, maybe it was a part little of more the... fleshing out of his yeah. backstory. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe if you remember at the end, at the end when they were cohabitating, cohabiting, when they were living together, um, Ed Rooney was reading a book that says "Living with the Deceased." There you go. Instead of you know, and he says, "God, this thing reads like a stereo manual." But anyway, so maybe, maybe it's in that rule book where it says like, if you guys get married, then he, you know, whoever is dead now is able to like be seen and interact and walk the earth or like who knows, you know, who like knows? so maybe yeah. at. It was some workaround where, like, if there was, you know, fraternization, frat... I'm going to stop using these big words because my brain doesn't <laughs> work anymore. If there was this mingling of the living and the dead, that there kind of had to be some, like, in-between rules. And maybe they kind of dealt with it that way where they're like, you know, you're only unleashed if the living actively call you. Otherwise, you're stuck in the netherworld. You don't get to haunt a house or you know, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. So there was a um, spooky ordained hell minister ready to go. That's true. So he was there like right away. So this <laughs> outside of Beetlejuice's arrangement. Mm-hmm. Also during the wedding, he had a lot of good, funny moments where it was like, do you take, Oh this my one? God. Yes. And he's like, and he has to like taken aside and be like, Oh my God, am I actually ready to do this? Oh, no, what? we gotta do this. And then when he's, I always said, ring, I always said if I was going to do it, I was only going to do it one time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Mom, dad. Yeah. And then, and then he, he comes and back and like he takes looking, the ring off a dead woman. Yeah, yeah he like has like a dead woman's finger and he's like, don't worry, she didn't mean anything to me. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. God, he was so great. I lo- Oh, did you notice Jack Skellington? Yep. Uh-uh. On t- when he pops out of the model and he's the carousel, the top of the carousel was Jack Skellington's skull. Um, yeah. and I, I read in the trivia that it was just, that's always been like a drawing that Tim Burton has done since he was a kid. And then it would later turn into Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, that's cool. Oh, man. Danny Elfman went so fucking hard on the music for this movie. The music, I was going to say like the score in this movie fucking slaps. Oh, yes. I just, and I also wrote, I feel like Halloween Town totally ripped off the score. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's just. Danny Elfman, like, I could just picture him going buck fucking wild, <laughs> like, uh, conducting the shit out of this orchestra. And then Disney Channel's like, let's, like, scale this. This is at an 11. Let's scale it down to about a four and just put that in our movie. <laughs> totally. And, like, oh, my God. Danny Elfman also did Pee Wee. Yeah. Yeah, he does all of Tim Burton's stuff. Oh, he's done that. so many. Like, Nightmare Before Christmas is more of Danny Elfman's movie than anything. Like, Tim Burton produced and he wrote the original book. But Danny Elfman, like, he's the voice of Jack Skellington. He produced most of the movie. He did all of the music. And, like, he did Goodwill Hunting, Milk, Big Fish, which was Tim Burton, which all received Academy Award nominations. He composed the score for all four Men in Black. All three Fifty Shades of Grey, the Ra- the Raimi's Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2, um, which were used then in Spider-Man 3, although he didn't compose the score. He did the Mission Impossible series. He has done so much film he, scoring for big movies. And his band is Oingo Boingo, which has... I know, and his first... 
his first score was Pee Wee's Big Adventure because Tim Burton and Paul Rubin, Rubens were such big fans of Oingo Boingo that they just asked him and he was apprehensive because of his lack of formal training and then did Pee Wee, which just launched this whole second wind of his career. That is wild. That's awesome. I fucking love Daniel. <laughs> I, like, I've loved him ever since. Weird science. <laughs> Which, are we allowed to put that on the movie? Like, have we all seen Weird Science? Yeah. That could be on yeah, I've only, I think I've only seen it once or twice, but yeah, That's we can put it on. That's a John Hughes, right? No, I think it was a John Hughes, just- like, rip-off. Is it just that uh, Anthony Michael Hall is in it, and that's yeah. why I think it's John Hughes movie? Are you <laughs> yeah. sure? I always had a crush on the other guy. Apparently, the other guy uh, in Weird I know Science, Robert Downey Jr. is in that movie. Like, is like a bully. That was like the only movie he did, and then he did end up- Directed by John Hughes. Wow, okay. I, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. Yeah. So if we ever do like, if we do like, what was it? Hewn? Hewn. <laughs> Hewn. If we do Hewn, maybe it could go on the list. <laughs> I wouldn't mind, oh like, God. Elf February for Danny uh, Elfman movies. <laughs> I don't know. That's kind of a stretch. But I don't know. We, I mean, the only one that would fit would be Dan Sember, and we can't commit December <laughs> to just Danny Elfman movies. <laughs> This Christmas, we're watching Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> it's also just such like a random, it's like, oh, uh, just random movie. Like, I feel like yeah. there's not a totally common thread between all the movies he scored. It's like, we could be watching like uh, Weird Science or. Weird Science like, and then Men in Black and then, and then Goodwill Hunting. <laughs> like. <laughs> well, well, getting back to the movie. Should we Getting wrap back, it up? I mean, we can start. I was just going to say, I do feel like the climax kind of was anticlimactic. It was like kind of came out of nowhere and was just like, oh, it's happening. Oh, what do you know? But like not diminishing it, but it wasn't, there wasn't a huge buildup. Like we didn't know what Otho was doing, that it would be an exorcism. It just started happening and then they were there and then all of a sudden they were deteriorating I and I was kind of thrown agree with you because I feel like there was a lot of I feel like as soon as the Deo scene happened they were really stuck on trying to like monetize the fact that there were ghosts in the house and no I I, I understand that part then, I just feel like if anything that's the, what kicked the, off the action but I think the whole Beetlejuice trying to marry Lydia thing is the thing that came exactly. Out of for me. So for me, but that part was what it actually kind of felt like there were like real stakes, stakes, and it was actually more of a like, yeah, like a climax. And okay. so it was just kind of like happening, and then I even say, "Wow, what an anticlimactic climax!" And then five minutes later, oh, duh, of course Beetlejuice is involved in the climax, and then it picked up. Yeah, let, I just want to say they did foreshadow exorcisms because when they first go to um, Dead Afterlife DMV and they're walking around the doors, they go to the door like, what's this door? And it's like, this is the door of souls who've been exorcised. It's like being the lost yeah. souls. Yeah, dead for the dead. And um, they like the they keep talking about how Otho is sort of involved with the dead and they do set up the plot of trying to just continue to monetize the crap out of things. 
I don't know. I still think that the plot still makes sense to me. Where we needed to have a scene where Otho using the book pays off, where an exorcism happens, and where the mortals realize that uh, they're playing with shit beyond their control. Yeah. And we needed Beetlejuice to to do something truly evil that um, that needed to be stopped. That so like yeah, trumps all of it. Yeah. 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 I just I feel like there should have been more like. I feel like, I, like as we said, there. I feel like there should have been more Beetlejuice in general, and I think there should have been more build up to the fact that he wanted to like marry Lydia and be like a creep. Other than the fact that Gina Davis was like, I don't want that perv around that sweet little girl. Yeah, if, <laughs> if the caseworker had even mentioned like. Like the marriage if, thing. Yeah, if, the, if yeah. the marriage thing had been mentioned once before, I think it really would have tied I, things up yeah. better. But, um, or what an, another thing is like, because, you know, the second time or whatever we see her and she's very privy to like the Dietzes and Otho, like at least say something like also kind of foreshadowing and ominous that's like, and keep Lydia away from him. Or, you know, like just something, something. doesn't you have to mention the marriage, something. but like, yeah, something along those lines to where we're like, huh, why? Other than yeah. we can just be like, yeah, I guess because he is kind of creepy. And then it's revealed later. Something that does tie it in a little more. Because yeah. like you yeah. said, it came out of nowhere. Was probably one of two lines that were scripted. Um, but yeah, I also did chalk up my feeling towards it being so, sort of low stakes to, again, I watched it in the middle of the day. And with lots so of it commercials was, interrupting it. <laughs> oh, God. The fucking commercials. Fuck you, Peacock. Why do I have a premium membership and I still have to have commercials? Because I have to get the ultimate premium membership? Fuck you. All right. That kind of sums up the, uh, <laughs> the main arguments of the movie. Um, let's give our closing scores. Unless, Allegra, do you have anything else to say to, you know, convince us that we like this movie more than we already clearly do. I'll, I'll, give, me, I'll give me some rides. Like I, I, I think the pl- the the plot thing was my was a big argument. Um, I I do think that the claymation makes it more palatable to a child audience now. Um, and I think um, about what are our fucking scores? I I had an extremely fun time sitting through this. So much Harry Ball at Fonte than I remember. Just we like, weaved throughout the film. Yeah, I, I didn't. We didn't even talk about the Deo scene. It's just so big. Um, <laughs> I know it's just like it's a given. But I also I didn't realize how early on that song was set up. Like they listened to it a couple times before they use yeah. it, it as a tool. The movie, really? Yeah, they open the movie with as, yeah daylight. But then you come, hear them yeah. listening to it like in the attic later, and mm-hmm. then they use it to like try to scare them, and then it backfires. Obviously, yeah, but I found the couple so adorable in their like poor attempts to scare people. They're I know. Nice. <laughs> I'm like um, really like I your do want dance moment didn't scare the bejesus out of these like <laughs> New York. I want to to bring up one thing about the Deo scene and of the dancing. I thought, I mean, of all of them, they obviously did a great job as actors, but Catherine O'Hara did such a good job at being possessed. Yes. You know, like she's totally sold the whole, like, this is happening and I'm confused, but like her face moves perfectly between like being possessed and super animated and into it to being really confused. Like they all did pretty much the same thing, but I thought, I remember it was just, 
one of the shots of her just straight on that was just so good. And I'm like, oh my God, she's doing such a good job being possessed and being confused by it. Totally. And like, yeah, it was just totally, so good. I could totally imagine her being like, so this, I'd been possessed before. So <laughs> <laughs> you just, it's like, it's like when you like hit ice in the car, you just got to lean into it and then like ride it out <laughs> and see what happens. Just like do the dance, shake your butt in the air. <laughs> like, you think this is my first seance? <laughs> <laughs> this is my first possession. No, 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 no. Let's get our closing scores. Um, I don't think I'm changing any of mine. Nostalgia 10, sit through 10. Appropriate for children, I'm keeping out a 7. Hold up, I'm keeping out an 8. Can we follow this 10? Like, I think just like, just because of the 80s-ness of it and just kind of like the animation again, I think it it's just like a partial ding. The creepy Beetlejuice stuff is a partial ding. I'm keeping nostalgia at an eight. Sit through ability, I bumped up to a nine. Um, appropriate for children, I bumped up to a seven. Does it hold up? I'm keeping at a nine. And can I follow? I'm keeping it at a ten. Okay, great. Anyway, do you have the so, scores? Can you tally them? <laughs> yeah, give me one second. All right, hey. it's an 80, 88. All right. Um, I'm going to give. Uh, I'm gonna give I just want to give... A, I think I know what Gray's going to give a bonus point for, so I'm going to give a bonus point just for Winona Ryder being just, like, iconic goth, like, dream queen in the movie. Oh, I know forever. I want to give a note for just every single line that Michael Keaton said out of his mouth. Yeah. Okay, well, then, actually, I want to give it another bonus point for Catherine O'Hara. I want another bonus point for Dale. I'm just giving no I think three is enough okay (laughs) Um, so 91 91, Lagra (laughs) that'll help you catch up a bit (laughs) I want to give a Harry Belafonte trivia is that okay okay um Harry Belafonte so back in like the 60s or whatever when TV was different and sponsors um were a bit like an even bigger deal than they are now Harry Belafonte um a Jamaican man was on TV singing with a white woman. He touched her elbow, and the sponsors lost their goddamn minds. Um, but he, it was, but it, it aired, and it was iconic and revolutionary, and a precursor to the Star Trek interracial kiss. Cool. Um, all right, so some, some trivia. Uh, budget fifteen million. Box office eighty five million. Damn. Um. And some trivia about the movie. This is Michael Keaton's favorite film of his own. Um, Michael Keaton ad-libbed 90% of his lines. Uh, In the waiting room at the end of the film, the bottom half of the magician's assistant that Beetlejuice tries to feel up was played by Tim Burton's then-girlfriend. Oh, interesting. Um, Just the bottom? Yes. (laughs) Tim Burton... Tim Burton feared the Deo sequence wouldn't go over well since, in his opinion, it wasn't very funny. Clearly, he proved to be wrong. Um, it w- Beetlejuice was the first DVD ever sent out on Netflix in 1988. 88? Mm. DVD? 98. I'm sorry, sorry. 1998. <laughs> I was like, what? 
Um, Michael Keaton only appears in 14 and a half minutes of the film. Uh, Catherine O'Hara met her future husband, production designer Bo Welch, making this film. According to Welch, Tim Burton said he should ask her out near the end of filming. He said, it didn't even occur to me that I was even supposed to talk to actors, but since Tim told me I told me to, I did, and then we dated, and we're married, and here we are today. Oh my gosh. Um, at the dinner party, Otho states that people who commit suicide end up as civil servants in the afterlife, and this is actually expanded upon in the film. Yep. The civil servant ghosts that Adam and Barbara meet are people who appear to have ended their own lives. The receptionist says she committed suicide, shows her wrists. There's a man who hanged himself that's just like being f tossed around the room on like a, a rail. Um, the uh, And the crust messenger is implied to have done it to himself, even though it looks like he got hit by a truck. Yeah. But apparently he did it to himself. Um, Juno looks normal, but there are scars on her neck that indicate she cut her own throat. And Beetlejuice is said to have been a civil servant and Juno's assistant. And it was going to be explained in the film that he hanged himself, but incompetently and very painfully due to heartbreak. And while this was cut out of the film for running time purposes, it's hinted at when Beetlejuice is surprised at Lydia's wishing to die. Why he was like, you don't want to do that, you know? And it's because... He hung himself due to heartbreak because, you know, whatever. So that was a little, you know, maybe Easter egg that didn't really pan out in the actual movie. Um, originally, Michael Keaton refused the role because he, quote, just didn't get it. Eventually, however, he came around after meeting Tim Burton and seeing Pee-wee's Big Adventure. There you go. Oh, yeah. Also, um, speaking so of their caseworker... I did like the touch of like whenever she smoked, like it would come out. Yeah, of her it neck comes way. out of her neck. Yeah, I I noticed it took. I think it took me like two puffs or something to really notice that. It didn't really catch my attention. That was something I um, remembered. Like as soon as it was, ha it was happening, I was like, oh yeah, I knew there was something that had to do with the cigarette. At first, I thought it was. I think I was confusing it with that like horrifying like anti-smoking commercial. Do you remember like the one where there was like a hole? in that lady's neck, mm -hmm. but it wasn't as gruesome as that. <laughs> it was still um, Yeah. <laughs> some, some 1988 pop culture trivia, really not a lot of like hard hitting stuff. 1988 <laughs> seems to be a pretty boring year in terms of pop culture, unless you want to talk about the Cold War. Um, the big movies were Rain Man, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and Coming to America. Um, Scrappy-Doo, widely considered to be one of the most hated characters in fiction, has not appeared in an animated Scooby-Doo production since 1988 due to the audience backlash. Um, <laughs> most hated in fiction. <laughs> wow. Just in total, yeah. Table tennis or ping pong became an Olympic sport in 1988. This was the first year that CDs outsold vinyl records. Oh, wow. Um... During a 1974 interview, NBA player Pete Maravich said, I don't want to play 10 years in the NBA and then die of a heart attack when I'm 40. That was in 1974. He died of a heart attack in 1988 at age 40 after his 10-year career in the NBA. Oh, God. That's and dark. that's it. I think yeah. really, I mean, maybe it's only interesting to me that in the same year that the pop, that people were finally like, Get rid of Scrappy Doo! <laughs> it's also the same year they killed uh, Tim Drake in Batman. They were like, there's something about the people in 1988 that were like, 
we find this character annoying and we must eliminate them. Just over. Well, actually, I learned that the reason that that happened is because of Jason Todd. Sorry. Um, the reason that happened is because there was a dude who like put in like over 400 votes himself to kill off Robin. And so it was rigged because um, it was a fault. It was a call in vote. And um, they only like the vote to kill Jason Todd only won by 72 votes. Yeah. And so he, he uh, the guy, a single person was suspected of casting 320 votes for the death of Robin in Batman 428 during a poll put out by DC Comics. It was the final tally was in favor of death and had a difference of 72 votes. He put in 320. Jesus. So, so that's partially the reason. That. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, first of all, <laughs> yeah. Like, he was like the Jason Todd. He was no Dick Grayson, but he was fine. And, but like, I mean, death in the. All right. 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 Um, <laughs> Allegra. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. When we when we go when we watch our first comic book movie, I will give you a whole forum, a whole segment, comic corner to to elaborate. <laughs> you, no, you're gonna have to. Allegra's look. comic closet. Comic no. closet. Allegra's out comic, of a comic closet. closet with Allegra. Like well, because. <laughs> okay, well, it's because your entire closet comic was cupboard? filled. With comic books. Take, yeah, release me from the cupboard under the stairs. <laughs> no. For 60 seconds. You cannot let no, me go longer than you're that. No, go, you're going back into the cupboard after this recording's done, and you know it. <laughs> that is where I live. Um, that's what I do in between podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's my turn next week, um, and we are going to spin the wheel. Oh, I hope yes. it's the ring. I, I, for Grace's sake, I hope it's not the no, ring because I, I, I know he really do. doesn't want it. I do, but there hope. really are not a lot of great <laughs> options. Uh, what we have is Scooby Doo, Casper meets Wendy, The Ring, Haunted Mansion, Pirates of the Caribbean, and Teacher Ate My Homework. I really don't want that one either. I, 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 I am joking. I don't want Gray to have to watch The Ring. I want us all to have to watch Casper meets Wendy. I'm kind of rooting for Casper meets Wendy too, but I guess we'll see. Gray, you can see my screen, right? Like basically, yeah. Pirates are bust for Gray. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's pirates are bust. I wouldn't be opposed to Scooby Doo because I did choose it, but I know it's not going to be as good as pirates. All right. All right. I'm spin Let the me wheel. have it. Ready? Let me have it. Let's yeah. go. Oh God, I can't look. No, no, no! Oh, no. Fuck you, Allegra. Oh, no. It Do almost... I get two spins? <laughs> it almost landed on Pirates of the Caribbean, but it landed on my teacher right my homework, and I'm so mad about it. This is coming up, Allegra. This is my birthday month. I'm getting all the technicalities. I'm getting the luck. You guys can have two spins in January. Uh, all right. Well, <laughs> next week we're watching My Teacher Ate My Homework. Wait, can we even stream this? Yeah, it's on free Prime. on Prime we if checks. you if you have Prime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Audience, that was me just banging my head against the desk. <laughs> Maybe we'll be pleasantly uh, surprised. I have a feeling. I mean, I know I said this about Phantom of the 
Becca Plex and I was very wrong. But I think this has more of a chance of being a so bad it's good experience. If it's not, can I get a reroll? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Okay. No. Fuck you, Allegra. It's like I think No it's is, not. I it's think... September 29th. <laughs> no. I think this is more in the realm of like a goosebumps type yes. of an uh, or like of an are you afraid of the dark type of thing? Yes. So, I think it'll I was I so actually, close. I I'm I'm it's... neck and neck with Holland and she gets shot of the fucking funny. dead. <laughs> And I get my teacher ate my homework after Allegra gets three goddamn rolls and doesn't even get Haunted Mansion. This is fucking horseshit. I asked in advance. Justice for George. Justice for George. We're bringing it back. I'm bringing it back. Second spin. And you said yes. And now we have post spin. Yeah, and then yet you spun three times and got Beetlejuice. I said. I will do Phantom. I'm just curious what a third spin would be. <laughs> and Colin just humored me. It's fine. It's fine. This we gave you a birthday present. Exactly. Remember this. I know. <laughs> I'm not mailing spin. anything to you. <laughs> That's fair. That's fine. I think that you can have extra spins in January. That I think is the fair exchange. Okay. Um. All right. No, well, I want next my week fear, we're watching. I want, I want my spin in December. Okay, we'll okay. figure it out. <laughs> um. All right. Christmas present. Well, next year, next year, next week, we are watching my teacher ate my homework, for better or for worse. Um. If you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find us find us at Latchkey Sibs. On Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. You can email us at latchkeysibs at gmail.com if you have any thoughts, feelings, comments, movie recommendations. Next month, we're doing, we are officially doing Lindsay Lohan movies for November. So if you have Lindsay Lohan movie suggestions, send those to us now because we do record a little bit ahead of time. You can listen to us pretty much anywhere. But if you're on Apple Podcasts, if you could rate, review, and subscribe, that would be extremely helpful for us and for visibility. And that's all we got for you guys today. Have a spooky day. Is that the, is that the, is that the